I did want to bring up Jeremy Swayman, guys, because I thought it was a very entertaining game last night. I was surprised to see the how few shots on goal. Um, not that I thought that anybody put up 67 like the Hurricanes did, which, by the way, how do you put up 67 shots in a regular season game? But I don't know. Um, I thought it was a very entertaining game, and Swayman had a couple of uh, – one, one remarkable left skate save uh, on, like, a two-on-one backdoor play. And then he also – Victor Arvidsson had, like, a – uh, a shot from the right circle that kind of snuck through Swayman's six hole. And as the puck was kind of spinning on the goal line, um, he was able to reach back and pull that back. So, uh, and also I, it seems like Swayman's got, he's going to stick with that vintage look, that retro look. I like it. I, I do like too. it. I do too. Keep so, it rolling. so um, what do you, what do you guys think of the goaltending and this, this, this goaltending rotation uh, the Bruins seem to have going right now? Yeah, I thought Swayman was really good again. Um, you know, had a huge sequence in the third period where he stops uh, Anderson Dolan on a point-blank chance, and then, like, same shift, same offensive zone possession. A puck bounces out to Andre Kopitar alone in the slot, and Swayman stops that as well. Um, you know, he's he's been good for a little while now, and this is what, you know, this is what the Bruins needed as they hit this heavier stretch of the schedule, because you're probably going to see, you know, a 50, 50 split or close to it for a little bit here where they have so many games with, you know, not many long layoffs. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, whatever went on the start of the season, whatever was causing some inconsistency, then he has the injury, but, you know, he comes back, takes him a little while, I think to, to get fully, kind of back in gear and now he is and it's you know it's allowed them to really balance us out and not overwork Linus Allmark who's but by the way just got named an all-star for the first time in his career which obviously we knew was going to happen he leads the NHL and wins save percentage and goals against average um that would have been the but, snub of all snubs right there yeah well now we'll see if Pasternak gets in Pasternak has to win one of the three voting spots left is uh, McAvoy that... McAvoy was also in it at one point was he not um I don't know I, there was three tried... Bruins that were there was three Bruins that were originally like in the running and Allmark and Pasenak I know were the first two I don't know when I tried to click on the NHL vote link last night the website was crashed so yep. good job by the NHL um, um I haven't, got, I haven't gone like... through to actually see who's on that ballot the Bruins website has crashed my computer several times this season. Like the for some reason it just like doesn't want to scroll and it, I don't know. It it something's going on with the NHL's websites, but that's yeah, a, that's an aside. Yeah, way off topic, but the, the NHL website has definitely gone slower. I don't know why, but like there's times where like I'll log on and scores will take like five seconds to load at the top, and I'm like, what? Anyways, um. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Allmark All Star Game. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So the point I was going to make is at one point, like through a month of the season, Allmark led NHL goalies in minutes played because because Swayman had been inconsistent and then got hurt. So they were just riding Allmark. Now he's like 16th in minutes played for goalies. Like they've really reduced his workload and you know we talked about how that was going to have, have to happen in the second half or around the middle part of the season it's really already happened like the, 
and Swayman playing like this allows you to just keep doing it. And, you know, if you want to get like bigger picture on it, that ultimately probably hurts Allmark's Vezina case. If he, you know, has played like 12 or 13 games fewer than a Connor Hellebuck. Um, but I don't really think, you know, that's not what's most important. What's most important is having Allmark fresh and ready for what you hope is a long playoff run. So if that, you know, costs some Vezina votes, then so be it. I think, uh, You'd rather probably have that Stanley Cup, I think. Yeah, I think Allmark and everyone else will be much happier uh, with with the team's success. Yeah, and and one of those saves by Swayman, the one that that I honestly thought it went in live, where it landed on the line and it was spinning and somehow just stayed put and didn't cross over. And then he throws the stick, gets the stick behind it, and then puts the glove over it. Like Lindholm would like saw it sitting there and just like couldn't get to it. Um, you could like see it clicking in Lindholm's mind, like, oh my god, I gotta go, like, I gotta get this puck out. And before he could even get near it, Swayman already had had it taken care of. And I did think he had a really good game. And I think one of the things that plays to his advantage is like just his personality and his mentality, where like some people when they say like oh, you know, every game's different. You know, you forget about the last one and you look for, and you don't look forward, blah, blah, blah. I think that's the right thing to say. And sometimes people just say it, but I, 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 Swayman means it when he isn't affected by, you know, some of the stuff, like maybe having a few bad games earlier in the year. Um, general, like generally positive person, um, not like you don't get the sense that he's like, overly critical of himself or anything like that. So that, that always makes it easier to bounce back and and get back your confidence. And he's definitely had it. He, I'm sure would have loved to play the winter classic. Um, You know, he was all hyped for that ends up, you know, backing up all Mark for it, but um, he, he doesn't get to do that event, but he's still able to make an impact when they do get him in, in LA, which they needed to, like they, they probably, would have been at a disadvantage if they had gone winter classic with Olmark and then flew all the way out to the West coast and went right to Olmark again. I think it only made sense to play Swayman there. So I, I think he's bounced back and a lot of it has to do with just like his personality and his mentality. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how many teams in the league wish they had one goaltender of their caliber and the Bruins have two of them. So uh, it's it's a huge reason why they are what they are, and, and I, I think it's important for uh, Bruins fans and and you know us alike to not take that for granted. Uh, goaltending is it, when you goaltending is interesting. When you have it, you can overlook it and expect it. When you don't have it, you realize just how important it is and and how valuable and uh, how rare it is to find what the Bruins have right now in that. Um, so. To circle back to the impact of Jake DeBrusque's, uh, you know, five weeks of, of being out of the lineup or so, uh, one one idea people have brought up has been, well, maybe this might be a good time to give Fabian Lysel an opportunity to Be- internally. Before we jump to that, I just wanted to, th- I wanted to look this up and throw out one of my favorite stats to track is becoming uh, how much better the Bruins goaltending is than any other team in the NHL. So after last night, Bruins team save percentage of 927. Uh, second place is the Winnipeg Jets with the aforementioned Hellebuck. 
at 918. Bruins almost 10 points better. At one point last week, it was 12. It was a 12 point gap. It was Bruins at nine or like two weeks ago. It was Bruins at 928 and Winnipeg was 916. It's you just don't usually see gaps like that between like the best goaltending team in the league and the second best because like to get a another nine point gap after second place, you have to go down to like the ninth place team. It's just, you know, and obviously almost been the biggest part of that, but now with Swayman coming on, it's, it's just crazy the way that they're able to rely on elite goaltending almost every game. Sorry for that was a quick little detour to, to stats corner and we are <laughs> <Right>. rerouting. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's good to illustrate that Scott. It's important for people to, really understand what it is we're talking about with the goaltending um so I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you scott um explain to people why patience might be a virtue uh with the bruins and fabian lysel and um you know bruins fans also had a chance to watch him this past week uh up in canada at the world juniors um i guess just talk about the latest with him people might want to see him now that the bruins have an opening uh, obviously they filled it with chris wagner for now but uh just i'll throw it to you guys yeah, well, you know, so I guess there's kind of two parts of this. One is, do the Bruins, you know, need to call up a scorer? And right now, you'd say it looks like they they should probably be okay. You know, you can move when you can move Pasternak up to the first line, Hall to the second, and Felino to the third. Like I think Bridget said it earlier, no one's out of place. Like those guys are all perfectly fine in those roles. That you know, that's really probably where they belong. They're all probably actually playing lower in the lineup than, you know, players of their caliber should anyways. Um, and then the second part is, is Lysel ready? Because I would say, you know, if he's ready and you think like, Hey, he can handle this. then I absolutely wouldn't mind bringing him up for, for a few weeks and kind of giving him this, this first taste of NHL action, just in case you do need him at some point down the road. Um, the kind of wrench in this is that, you just mentioned world juniors. He had a, he had a tough world juniors, zero points in seven games. Um, got ejected from the bronze medal game against the U S which, you know, bronze medal game, whatever, but you still want to do well. Like that game still matters. You're still getting a medal if you win it. And, and by it the way, actually- that was such a close game and it went to overtime that like you could have, he, he would have helped the team most likely. Like that was a game he could have scored in. And that was a game he could have helped his well, country. Yeah, he could have finally put up points because that was an eight to seven game. Mm-hmm. Um, just goals galore. Uh, but yeah, it was it was actually his first shift of the game. He just throws Hits really like a head. bad hit. I, think, I don't think he was trying to hit the guy in the head, but he just lined it up wrong and, uh, you know, kind of threw a, a sloppy hit that rightfully resulted in a five minute major and a match penalty. Um, now, you know, my, my friend of the pod, Mark Diver, made this play on Twitter, and I agree with it. Like, ultimately, the fact that he is nearly a point per game player in the AHL um, is more important than the fact that he struggled at World Juniors. So, I'm not overly concerned that he had a tough World Juniors. Like, he's playing against older, more mature, more physical players. In the, in the AHL, and he has 19 points in 20 games there. Nonetheless, you might want to just get him back to Providence and kind of reset after World Juniors um, and, you know, not 
go immediately from a disappointing world juniors to rushing him into his first NHL action. Yeah. And you're going from like team to team to team. Like you're going from Providence to playing for Sweden to playing for Boston. If you were to get called up, like that's, that's a lot of like change in a very short amount of time. And I do think that if, if you're like, okay, well you're, you need to call him up because you're finding a lack of scoring that does, that just says that there's some sort of like underlying issue that the Bruins first of all, haven't had this season and they they don't want to be in a position where that's like what they have to do. Right. Like they, they would be much happier if they're like sitting there like, no, 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 we don't need that a little added extra bit of scoring. Cause we're getting it from, you know, this player, that player, we're getting it from everyone, whatever. Um, I, at this point, I'm totally fine with it being like a Wagner or Lauco call up and it not being Lysel right away. Um, we don't, we don't really know how ready he would be for, for going right from being an AHL player to being on the first line. Um, if that is, if they slot him in exactly where like a one for one where Jake DeBrusque was. So it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily like, doesn't seem like the right time. Um, and the conditions just aren't really there. And luckily for the Bruins, it's not like a, they don't need to make any sort of desperation move. They can let him stay in, Providence and both both sides would probably be better for it. Yeah, you know, like like we said, like the, the only way I could see it is if they do actually start struggling to score goals at some point here, and he clearly looks ready. Like let's say he gets back to Providence in this next week or so, and has a couple of games, and you know maybe you know a week and a half, two weeks from now, you decide, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to give him two weeks before the all-star break before DeBrusque returns. And I think you, you nailed, you know, where you would put him. I, I think you would want to put him with Bergeron and Marchand. Um, you know, we were talking about how that, how the Krejci line has struggled a bit in, in its own zone, struggled to kind of win back possession and get going the other way. I think that's probably the biggest question mark in Fabian Lysel's game is the defensive side. So you wouldn't really want to put him on that line and, kind of create another defensive question mark. Um, you'd put them with Bergeron and Marchand where it's like, those guys can do the heavy lifting on defense and, you know, sort of cover up for them a little bit there and then hopefully get going on offense. You would obviously in that scenario have Postnock back with Krejci. So, you know, I wouldn't totally rule it out. I, it's not going to happen right away. But if, you know, we're talking maybe later this month, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but again, I think the, the first thing, first and foremost has to be, is that what's best for Fabian Lysel? And, you know, if he, if he needs time in Providence, like I said, to kind of recover from world juniors or whatever, and he's just not quite ready, then, then that's fine. You, you have enough depth, you know, barring another injury, which obviously could happen, but we can't predict. Um, otherwise the Bruins should have enough depth to, to get through this stretch and, be fine yeah and and it depends like if if what they really just need is a depth add then that's why wagner makes sense like if you're just looking for another guy who can play nhl like at the nhl level be and wagner's also a veteran so like his role is understood right away and it's not like okay i and, and he just fits in on a fourth line that's like a natural spot for him so no i don't i 
to the Lysel point, like I'm sure it'll come back up too um, as we go along here. Cause it's a lot of time. Like we mentioned, it's not, you know, think it's not season ending or anything close to it, but still four or five weeks is still a long time. So I assume that this topic of conversation will come back up. We'll keep an eye on how Lysel is doing in Providence in the meantime. And, um, you know, maybe, at some point here in the next few weeks, if it seems like he might come up, we'll probably have Mark Diver on again. One of our, you know, our uh, colleague who watches Lysel all the time um, in order to get a little bit more clarity on um, whether or not he's ready. Yeah. And I should also note on Lysel um, on the broadcast for the bronze medal game, uh, Dave Starman speculated that perhaps he was dealing with some sort of injury Um People said that there was By the a game way, earlier. Well, Starman. The... Starman's the best. Yeah. Someone on Twitter said that there was a game earlier in the tournament where it looked like he was banged up, maybe favoring his shoulder a little. So that could also be a factor in, in maybe why he, you know, didn't have the best tournament, obviously. Um, and, you know, also like some of the games I watched, he, he had chances. It's not like he was completely invisible. I think, you know, he had a post against Finland in the, what was that, the quarterfinals, I think. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't like the no points really stands out. That's, that's tough. Like he was expected to be one of Sweden's top offensive players and you end up with a goose egg. Um, but you know, there were some chances and you wonder like maybe if, if he gets a bounce at some point early in the tournament, does that change it kind of open it up? And like I said, it's possible there's an injury situation there anyways, which, would kind of make the whole discussion around a call up even, even more moot. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe it's a learning moment for him that he can, you know, take out of it, you know, find a way to get himself back on track and, and maybe it helps him in the long run. But like I said, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, Scott, was there anything else you wanted to cover before we head out? No, I think we're good. Brian, uh, Brian already took off. He had a, he had a hard out. So you won't, won't be getting any final thoughts from him. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think we're all set. Okay, so next game for the Bruin, another 10-30 puck drop, um, this time against San Jose on Saturday. Um, and then they have a little bit earlier of a game, but still late. Um, like, you're thinking, you know, Saturday-Sunday game on the West Coast, you wouldn't you think they'd be a little earlier because it's a weekend? But no, um, 10-30 on Saturday against San Jose. And then that's the first of a back-to-back. They play Sunday at 8.30 p.m. at Anaheim. Um, Unnecessarily late. I'm sure we'll have our complaints about that. I will say, though, the game against L.A. was so entertaining that I didn't think about turning it off. Like, that was the one positive thing about about just the way that game went was it was just all the way through I was hooked. Like, I wasn't turning it out. And I think Brick made a joke like, I hope you didn't tune out at this point or like, I hope you're not putting the rest of the game on record, Um, which I know a lot of people who did, but um, it was hopefully they make it worth our while again to stay up on Saturday night with a puck drop at 1030. Yeah. By the way, speaking of the Nesson broadcast, Jack was in rare form after the no call on the Marsh. Would you call that rare form or would you call that? Well, or pretty much peak par for the form, course, I guess. I don't know. He, peak he, form. Yeah, he turned it up to eleven. Yeah, well, I actually wrote down some of the some of the things he said, including that. But the other one was revenge is a dish best served cold. 
takes a long pause as in on ice and yeah. then <laughs> appreciated the, the clarification on that exactly where you're going with it. because he i knew he wanted to say it and he took a second he was like you guys know what i mean i mean on ice <laughs> haha wasn't it funny um and then he also said frederick was given Lemieux noogies and i was like i could have done without that commentary over what was a good fight and then he's like oh noogies and i'm like nope you killed it you, you ruined it you killed it um i always write it down but anyway I think that's it for us. So we will talk to you, I think, after the Anaheim game because it'll be a quick turnaround for us on the backs back. So look for something up Monday, um, so January 9th. And um, until then, we'll talk to you.